When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to KGXT, Gen X Talks podcast live from Central California. Yeah, I got a little buzzing in mine too. Not bad. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a little buzz. It's like electrical interference. It almost sounds like I don't know. Maybe the audience can't hear it. We'll be okay. It's really light. Now it is. It was louder last time. Oh well, okay. By the way, we're recording. Not surprised. So there you go. Yeah. So welcome to do we, your intro. This is oh uh, welcome to KGST podcast live two hundred feet below occupied California in the Central Valley. Brought to you by Loud Trouble LLC, big time coast to coast mover. You know he's he's <laughs> he's doing concert stuff now. I know, but you just stopped right <laughs> in the middle of your pitch. I interrupt myself with my own thoughts. Do you want to try that one more time? No, I got it. That was good enough. Everybody gets it. They know I'm dumb. They expect it by now. I'm fine. Hey. You're just a dumb mechanic in the middle of the desert. I'm just a d- so don't expect me to be a trained broadcast professional. If I'm a dumb mechanic and I'm pulling this off, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so you decided to do concrete today, and I just walked in the house and the okay. dog pooped in the house. Okay, listen, the, the, I'm not happy. Okay, the area in front of the studio, we couldn't get it to grow grass at all. We tried grass seed and water. And uh, we, we redid the sprinklers because there's too much foot traffic there. And your dogs lay outside the studio and roll around in that and claw at it when we're in here. It's like they, they can't come in, so they're going to lay. They screw it up. And when this went up, I said to you, we should probably put a pathway in here. Okay. So well, now I had to wait for it to be your idea. <laughs> you know, like good wives do. Okay, well, that's there. Yeah, there's a little bit of truth to that. But w- the thing is, is that um, where they're putting the little pathway, it also covers up where your dog digs its holes, because your dog will not stop digging. I've put orange cones there. We've put mesh down there. You know that dog found a three-inch gap in the mesh that we put down, and and dug there. Decided to dig in that hey, one that's spot. A smart dog. That is an asshole dog if I've ever heard of an asshole dog. No, not at all. But these concrete guys, it's not turned into just the patio or the step right outside thing. You've now expanded it. Okay. Well, okay. First of all, uh, let, let me just say, since they're here, that's one. Yeah, here right? we go. Since they're this here. This is such a guy comment. Go ahead. Okay. Well, first of all, we know the, the little fire pit area where we like to sit, it's only like three feet. It's just three feet of, of those little flagstones, but they don't look right they don't fit to right. you they're sunk in the ground they don't seem right so i took the flagstones out and i asked my guy i got a guy everybody's got a guy i got a guy i got a concrete guy and i said hey could you just do this little pathway right here so you know and so when two bear comes up we can stroll out comfortably and not trip over the little flagstone because it was just in the grass the little flagstone pieces yes were in the i grass. know i put them there yeah i know you did and uh, it'll be it'll be little concrete there. Just it's just three a little three foot patch. Mm-hmm. So that's and yeah. then what? There's a third option. Okay, over there. Okay, you have to admit that is an ugly part of the of the yard. Yes, but it's it's like, horrible. It was not planned out very well. No, it collects water. Yeah, it, it kind of helped. But not completely. We put down the gravel oh, and the flagstone. Like, that kind of helped. You're like, it helped. What was it? What are you talking the about? The gravel and the flagstone kind of helped, but it still floods and kind of, it's a low point in the yeah, yard. It is. So I took, being that they're doing the second little tiny part, 
and taking the flagstone out, I said, can you take this flagstone with the other flagstone <laughs> mm-hmm. that's all messed up in this one low, ugly pebble? It just looks horrible in that corner. And it's not very big. And I said, can you can you put concrete in here and settle the flagstone into the concrete? I don't care if the flagstone's in the shape of a path. I don't care if you stagger it so the whole thing is flagstone and concrete. I'm all right with that. I don't care. So the big overall question is, how are you going to pay for this? Uh, see, <laughs> see, you know I'm broke. I know I'm broke. Mm-hmm. But the concrete guy don't know I'm broke. Uh-huh, so still. So I'm going to trade out some stuff. He's got some work on his on his trucks that he needs done. So, you know, he's paying for uh, the concrete. I'll have to pay for the concrete, the part, but all the labor and the stuff that the, the guys are doing, I'll trade out my labor for theirs. So, you know, it'll probably only cost us, I don't know, like five or six hundred dollars in concrete, and then we're good. You yeah. have five or six hundred dollars. You do. <laughs> I wasn't asked for a loan. Nobody came to me asking for a loan. It isn't a loan. I'm not paying it back. <laughs> I'm not paying for this either. I don't know where you're getting this money from. It's not that much money. It's like five or six hundred bucks. And you know what? Look at me. I, I deserve it, don't I? You want to keep this pretty? We'll face? call this anniversary concrete. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I tried that with you one time and you didn't accept concrete as an anniversary gift for me. Oh, is this our next our next milestone, the the concrete milestone? There's, yes. There's gold and silver and bronze and <laughs> You can chalk this up as concrete anniversary. Well, anyway. Actually actually let's make this birthday present. Your okay. birthday comes before. Well, either way, it's a it's a good deal because we can get a lot of the guy does like three times as much work as as other concrete guys because we're friends. And he's uh, he's a fan of the program too, and then um, it, uh, we get it for so much less. You know, he does three times the work anyway. And when you give him cash, and when you trade it out, it all it all works out really, really well. So that's why we're doing it. Okay, so otherwise, it, it'd be broke. Yeah, you are broke. Yeah, well, I'm going to be a little more broke at the end of this. Is there a little more broke? Is there such a thing? Yeah, there's, 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 oh, there's many phases of being broke. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. When, when you, there's level after zero. Yeah, well, when you broke, and you broke, when you broke and you can't, you can't afford like McDonald's, that hurts. What about that meme that goes around? But when around? you can't afford gas, <laughs> that's really broke. Gasoline broke and food broke are two different things. What about that kid that they go? Oh, it's not a meme. It was a little. It was oh, a video. Yeah, real. I love that kid. <laughs> that little, child he's got. It goes, it was a, a little four, three, four year old black kid reading a book, a math book. He goes, <laughs> what do you say? If Charlie, he goes, his mom's reading the book with him and he's reading the math problem. He goes, if Charlie got a dollar fifty <laughs> and Susie got three dollars and Charlie give her a dollar, how much money does Charlie got? And the little kid looks at his mom and goes, Charlie broke. (laughs) I still laugh about that. Charlie ain't got no money. Charlie Charlie broke. So you're Charlie broke. I'm I'm almost Charlie broke. Yeah, whatever (laughs) whatever was in that book, whoever Charlie was. Charlie broke. I'm Charlie Charlie broke. Oh my gosh. So yeah, you dropped on. Another uh, event at Gen X Talks, right in the middle of real all quick. the other crap that's I going know. on. Real quick, we just got to go. I'm to sorry, s- not crap. <laughs> <laughs> oh Stop. yeah, the, the the Gen X Talks crap. Well, it's listed <laughs> on our calendar on our website that way. Scroll down to the Gen X Talks <laughs> crap calendar where you can see what's going on. We got to go to Long Beach now. First, we're going all the way up north. Yeah. And now we're going to turn around, come home, and go all the way down south. You know what I thought was funny is going all the way up north, and you know we're just going to go see our millennial son, the computer pot-smoking, computer pot-smoking, tree-hugging uh, guy up there. And, and uh, you, you made some arrangement where somebody's like, would you like to meet us at a pizza hut for dinner? And there's like six people going... Yeah, we live up there. Like, <laughs> oh how, how did you find people that live in this little tiny town up north by Eureka or Cater, wherever? But I'll go. We'll go have some pizza and a, and a drink and hang out. Yeah, and then we come home for one day and we're down in Long Beach. Unbelievable. And it's, somebody asked me on the live stream last night. They're like, "Well, where are you going to be in?" In it's Collecticon in Long Beach. I know. I've never heard of that before. I didn't either. I had to go to the website and look up all the stuff they do. It's mostly. The, the big draw is sports cards trading, okay? All right. So it's people between like 30 and 60 
that are down there. They get five to 8,000 people a day, which is good for us to go hang out. Wow. And then um, they do, uh, it's it's collectible. So it's collect, it's mainly, it's mainly sports cards. Then it's like Pokemon cards or I don't know, whatever kids collect. And then after that, the whole, there's a whole section of memorabilia, signed memorabilia. And PSA is going to be, there's, there's three companies that certify authenticity. And this is a big thing for them to come out in public, for them to be out sitting there with their booze lined up where people can get things evaluated and they get things appraised. It's huge. It okay. draws a big crowd. So someone asked me on the live stream, go, where are you going to be? And I said, well, imagine like the Long Beach Convention Center and there's going to be 800 booths, 800 pop-up canopies of people doing their stuff and thousands of fans. And I said, so at the beginning, there's a big long row of celebrities you know, there's Chuck Norris and there's all these guys. And they said, okay, you, are you guys going to be there? I said, no, no, no. Then the next row is... Uh, is he broke. Yeah, I'm, I'm broke, remember? I'm broke. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next row is voice actors. And they have all these really famous voice actors from cartoons and video games and movies. And the people said, so you're going to be there in that row. I said, no, no, no. <laughs> and I said, in the third row are the people that just have their, their pop-up tents have nothing written on it, no designs, just a white tent and a white table. And you put a picture on the, <laughs> you put your picture on the table and hope when people go by, they recognize you. Or you put a picture of the movie you were in, if you're a voice actor, and they're like, okay, so you're going to be there. I said, uh, no. No, you're way broke. <laughs> I'm way broke, I said. I'm way in the back. Way in the back. <laughs> All the way in the corner of the last row. Way in the back. Um, with the people that are tra trading uh, they're trading cards that were, came on the bottom of Twinkie boxes back in 1975, <laughs> I go, and then we're going to be next to those guys. <laughs> <laughs> near the trash can. Yeah, we'll be right near the trash cans. You know, Two Bear got us accustomed to pop setting up our pop-up tent near near dumpsters, so we're comfortable with that. We're good. But we will be down. There will be a lot of people. We don't have anything to sell. You just got some stuff you're going to give away. Man, we'll just make a make a day of it. Trippy Pineapple is going to be there. He's a staff member here. Two Bear uh, is actually driving in. He's going to dust off his uh, his staff shirt and make an appearance and hang out. I'm not stupid. I know he's only there coming there to see you. Of course he is. I got that. Of course he is. Just like VidCon, all that dude did was, I, I know, what'd you call him? My personal bodyguard? Yeah, all day. It's like, okay, for, personal bodyguard. Everywhere I went. Everywhere you went. And for what? Do you think you're going to get attacked by some nerd ball at VidCon? You never know. Some 200-pound 12-year-old? You never know. <laughs> so so who are these top people that are going to be at this Collecticon? Who am I going to see? You mean like the celebrities? Yeah. I don't I know it was... Um, uh, it was Chuck Norris. Isn't was the, he ancient? Yeah, he's going to be like 80 by now. Lord. And who is the second guy in line? I think that he's 80. I can kick his ass now. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think, hey, he's 80. What, he's, are you going to go size him up? Are you going to walk up there and go, dude? I swear to God, I'm, I'm going to walk up to Chuck because we get to go in you know, ahead of time. And before they open, I'm going to walk over there because you get a little meet and greet. And I'm going to say, Chuck... I've been scared. You scared the <laughs> shit out of me <laughs> all the way from the 70s till now. But I got to tell you, I think I can take you. Don't give me your Walker, Walker, Texas Ranger bullshit. You know, he's 80. You know, the bad part is, is that if, if he actually takes a swing at me, if he kicks my ass, I got my ass kicked by a really old guy. Yeah, that's pretty sad. And if I, oh. if I, if I win, all I did was kick an old guy's ass. He, he's There's, actually 83. 83. Can you, there's no, there's no upside to me getting into a fight with that dude at this point. 83. Other than I can go to my grave and on my tombstone, you can write, he, he beat up Chuck Norris. <laughs> Just don't tell him how old he was. <laughs> Man, 83. I bet he could still kick ass. I probably would look at him and have that conversation jokingly, and he'd stare at me, and I'd go, "Never mind, dude. I'm I'm just fucking with you. I got to go." <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, he has his mind right or something. I don't know. Well, I don't want to get my ass kicked by an 83 year old guy. You know, knocks me to the ground. I'm going to walk up here and go, Chuck Norris who? <laughs> Don't do that. Everybody knows Chuck Norris. So I know, but I'm just joking. I anybody? Oh, Sugar Ray is another guy who's going to be there. Who? Sugar Ray. He was a singer like in 2000s or something. I don't even remember what he sang. Why is he at a Collecticon? Because he's a paid celebrity. But what I'm sure, the hell? I don't know. It was. I don't even remember what song Sugar Ray, but in the, in the song, in one of his songs, doesn't he say, I'm Sugar Ray? That's like a line in one of his songs, you know, a little shout it's out. A, it says here Sugar Ray was a rock band. Are you talking about Sugar Ray Leonard? No. Or no. Sugar Ray the band? You, are you 
Okay, first of all, Sugar Ray Leonard is one of my heroes. You think I'd mistake Sugar Ray Leonard for some skinny, rapping white guy from the late 90s? I don't think so. I'd rather have Sugar Ray Leonard there. I think Sugar Ray would rather have Sugar Ray Leonard there. I think he would. I think he'd be like, I'd rather go see him than me. All right, we'll see what happens. So anyway, that's August 26th. It's a Saturday. Um, it's all day. We'll be we'll be in Long Beach at Collecticon. I don't know if it's any money to get in, but if you're going to be down, there, there's going to be a lot of cool stuff to see. Other than us, you can put us at the end of your agenda. We're at the end of the row and stop by and see us. I don't know if anybody's going to... We, we haven't told anybody really, so I don't know if any... Really, if we attract attention, if someone comes up to say hello, it's literally just going to be people that walk by and go... Hey, I know you. That's it. I don't think anybody's driving there to meet us. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Now you know what I know. So, did you you sell some of those CDs, the, the Highway Down ones? I did. Those are, for those of you who don't know, the, the, the intro music and the exit music is done by a band called Highway Down, and the only place on planet Earth that their CDs are available is the trunk of my car. <laughs> <laughs> Not your car. No, but now we got them, right? So yes. there's some? I do. I have some. Um, they're up on the website right now. I will be happy to mail them out to people. Any, I love the whole CD. It's great. It's a great CD. Yeah, I, wish I think the, they should re-release it. I wish the band hadn't broke up. Me too. I really wish they hadn't. They were they were really a good band. They were very talented. Yeah, enjoy them immensely. And it was they were so one of those bands. It's so fun to listen to. Yeah, yeah that it, I got to tell you, when someone asked me what my ten favorite songs are of all time in the whole world, I got to put here and now emotionally for me here and now. That song, I got to stick that up there somewhere. It's a very, very, very cool. So yes, if you want a Highway Down CD, um, go to the website. What's the farthest you've mailed one so far? Oh, um, Agnes, our wonderful friend in France, emailed me and wants one. She loves the podcast. She listens to it all the time. And she wants a CD. She wants a CD. So I'm sending it to France. If you're out of the country listening to the podcast, you just have to email me first. It is a huge hassle for you to send stuff like that through customs and all that. But you do it. You do it for people. I do. I have to go to the post office to handle that whole situation. And customs is, oh, each country is so different. So, so different. Um, There was something I was going to ask you. Um, I don't know. Oh, did did you know our daughter came by the other day when you were not feeling well? You went down for a nap. Oh uh, yes, she sent she was, me a. She while I was sleeping, she sent me a text going, "I'm coming by after work." Yeah, <laughs> and obviously she, well, I missed her. Well, she knocked her. on the door, and I, and it's our millennial daughter. She's this is the daughter who's completely put together. This girl has had her life planned out since she was nine years old. She knew. Uh, what type of guy she wanted to marry. She knew how many kids she wanted to have. She knew how many horses she wanted and all their names, and she's doing it. Yes. She's working really hard at getting her life together and doing that. She's correctly. the only one of eight kids that's listened to us. No, yeah, literally. <laughs> she says, and we're like, well, if you're smart, well, you'll behave this way in high school. She did. You'll go to these classes. She did. She just, everything, She we just mentioned it to her, and she waited out, and she is by far... Um, the happiest of the eight children. She's just going on. And not saying she didn't have any like disappointments or setbacks or heartbreaks, but we worked them through. She got through them. She grew through it. You know, I said, as you know, I set all of our daughters down. Yes. And I said, if I could spare you from ever having heartbreak, I would. If I could spare each of you from crying over a boy where you think your life is over, I would do it. But I'm, I told all of them at an early age repeatedly, I said, I can't, you know, I can't I know. stop you from trying to fall in love. I can't stop your heart from being broken. All I can do is be there for you through it. So I said, it's coming. You guys want to run out there and date. And they couldn't date till they were 16. Right. But I said, even holding you back till you're smarter and wiser, it's not going to help. You're still going to cry. Yeah. We and, all have been there, done that. Yeah. So I wish we could protect them from that, but. She came over and she was she was looking for you and you were asleep. Yeah. So she crammed, you know, you have your little counseling sessions with her. <laughs> she crammed one hour of complaints and stories into into 15 minutes or less. Yes. I found myself looking with my eyes open going, "Well, I uh, oh, that sounds horrible. Oh, do, do you you were Oh, yeah, no, that person said, "Oh, you found what you were 
Oh yeah, I think that's a beautiful color. Oh, you were trying to all I, all I was doing was trying to keep up. The whole oh. conversation I'm tripping over myself as I'm trying to reply, she's on to the next story. This is the daughter in high school that would I would know when she was coming home, I'd go grab a cup of tea and sit on the couch and go, "Here she comes." She and would literally you'd go you go to the bathroom. <laughs> yes. You'd go get a cup of coffee, you'd sit in your chair and get comfortable with your little afghan and your pillows and you'd wait for the door to open and she'd come walking through and dropping her stuff. Mom, you're not going to believe what happened today. Yep. Every single day. And it was an hour. <laughs> there was an hour of stuff she had to unload, good and bad. Counseling session every single day. But I, she's a good kid. And it's. Uh, I tried to be you. I tried to be a <laughs> It's pretty hard, huh? I can't be me. No. And then she yeah, she went in to get... I bought her that, um, that Dutch oven yes. for her and her boyfriend because they both do a lot of cooking together. Yes, they do. And uh, that was the one where I, I... She left it here for three weeks. I know. And I finally texted her boyfriend, who I dig this guy completely, completely approve of this guy. And I said, look, I said, I bought you guys something for the kitchen. He's like, really? What'd you get? I told him, he's like, that's great, man. Thank you. I said, it's been here three weeks. <laughs> Your chick has known about this for three weeks and it's still sitting here in a box. And he gets mad and he goes, yeah, well, she's got uh, six bags filling up her trunk of clothes to give to Goodwill. He goes, been there four months. Yeah, she does. She's not in a hurry. For and that. you know what he did? What? So I was telling him, I said, well, get your chicken order. He goes, you raised her. <laughs> he goes, I'm not taking total responsibility for this, my man. He goes, you, I'll, you. <laughs> I'll take responsibility for that because I ran around with stuff in the back of the Yukon for yes, years. Yes, you did. Years. I'm saying years. Oh, there, Can we go buy good? No, never this, mind. Can we go buy? No, it's okay. Well, this there's two true stories of that, running around with stuff in the back of the Yukon. One time. I'm going to say it was April, and I was cleaning out the back of the Yukon. I found a Christmas present that she had bought at a toy store that she had lost in between the seats or something and um, let it sit there. I'm like, are you kidding me? This thing was bigger than a shoebox, and you left it in there because it was covered up with stuff. Yeah. And, and the other thing was when my mom passed away, remember all the stuff I had in the back there? And I was like, well, yeah. I'm going to go through it. Well, maybe I'll just take it to Goodwill. No, I really need to go through it. So you took it home, and it sat here for the better part of a year. It the, did. Here's the other one. Ladies and gentlemen, this is, I got suspicious one time. I was feeling generous. I said, hey, do you want to go by the store? You want to go, you like shopping here. I got a couple bucks. Let's go do. She goes, um, no, you know, I think I'll pass. And I'm like, you want to pass? She goes, no, no, no. So she did that a couple different days where she didn't want to go. And it was something, you know, like Target or something. Finally, I'm sitting there one day and I'm staring at her going, okay, either you have cancer again. <laughs> Because your brain does not work that way. And then I found out why. She was afraid if we went shopping, as we came back to the Yukon and opened up the back hatch, she would. I would all of a sudden discover all of the shit that she'd been <laughs> carting around and I'd lose my mind. Yeah. And that, so I guess what? I figured out what was going on, ran out to the car, opened it up. All the shit was there. That's why she didn't want to go shopping. Because there was no room. There was no room. <laughs> <laughs> there was no room. No, so there guess wasn't. what happened? We went to Goodwill. Who did? We did. We dumped all that stuff at yeah, Goodwill, we finally. Did. Yeah, you weren't happy about it. But no, we but it was there. something, you know, I've been hearing and reading a lot about people that are like at our age and their parents are passing and yeah. you go through all their stuff and you want to keep everything, right. you know? But now it's made me realize as we're walking around our house going, oh my God, I don't want our kids to go through all that stuff too. But it's like, why? I don't understand how kids don't want to keep some of the photos and the albums and well, that's, stuff that, like that. There are some of our kids that would, that after we die, they will be crying every day, holding on to every, you could have a dirty fork in the sink. And I, we have some kids that would, would cry and go, don't, <laughs> don't wash it. Don't touch it. You know, this was mom's or this was dad's. We got other kids that'd be like, okay, get rid of this shit. I don't want any of this shit in my house. Pull up a truck, dumpster, all this. I mean, there's, there's going to be a struggle between yeah. these eight kids because they're very different personalities. Well, I've never done it before. So when my mom passed and you have to go in this house, I mean, my brother and I are looking at this stuff going, God, we don't have room at our house, but yet these are my, my, our parents kept these for a reason. You know, it's like, 
That's hard. Yeah, except your mom would say, get rid of all that crap. Your dad was just holding crap anyway. Yeah, well, that <laughs> was true. But I'm talking about like the photo. I have photo op. My mom scrapbooked everything yeah. we sent her. Yep. Every email, every picture. I saw that. Yeah, she took macaroni and glued it to the pages. <laughs> <laughs> she made frames and everything. It was everything. great. It was wonderful. <laughs> little kept her busy there. So. Oh my gosh, yes. So, hey, real quick before we go on with this, did you get your... I want to say your body. Did you get your body straightened out? Did you get all, you were on the phone for three hours yesterday with Dr. McDreamy's wife. Well, that was an exaggeration, but okay. Um, it's not his wife? It is his wife, then but it, it was wasn't three hours. Well, it seemed like three hours. It's a long um, time. We are on a course of fixing it, yes. Um, we're working on it. We went over the tests that I took. Um, there were three different tests, and so we're putting pieces together, and we found out some things that are really causing havoc on my body. So there's a few gut things going on. Good yeah, and I didn't realize away. that if your gut is not in check, it can affect your whole body. That could be part of the joint pain. She said, I mean, she was being honest going, it might not take all of it away, but I said, you know what, even 50%. Yeah, but you know what? Doctors, they say that about everything. You're like, you know, I got this uh, pain in my ankle. You know, could that be causing my shortness of breath? They always go, well, there is a chance. <laughs> oh, well, I is know. it going to fix my shortness of breath? Well, there is a chance. They're so vague. They never, they, they, they love to under-promise and over-deliver. So everything's a possibility. They well, never thank God you, she's not a doctor. Okay, whatever. She's, <laughs> everything's a possibility. It's like, well, it could be, it could be, and we're going to try this. You know, that's why they call it a, a doctor's practice, a medical practice. They're, they're practice, just practicing. They're practicing. They're yeah. not doing it. They ain't know what they're doing. Well, we found out something interesting. Yeah. I was on a B-complex vitamin for a variety of things, okay. and um, I don't know if you remember a week or two ago, I couldn't sleep. Oh, this is the sleeping thing. No, yeah, you'd wake up. At I, weird times. Yeah, sometimes I couldn't go to sleep at all. Like, I was wired. Like, yeah. all of a sudden, like, right after dinner, I'd get, like, a second wind and be just wired till 2, 3 o'clock no in the morning. No shit, because I'm trying to go to bed, and you're talking, and you're talking <laughs> like you just woke up in the morning, like, oh. so, what do you want to do today, and what are we going to do tomorrow? And I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about that. I'm like, it's 10.30. Shut the fuck up. I know. <laughs> and then the other thing was, remember, I'd go to sleep, I'd crash, I'd sleep yep. for, like, two hours, and then pop up and go, whoop. It's time to go clean the house and do the laundry. You, and you're like you're on drugs or something. I would be listening to you snore in the bed behind me. You were out two hours. Yeah. Deep, 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 never move. I'm getting ready to go to bed. All of a sudden, you you pop up out of bed. You're getting dressed, and I'm like, what are you doing? You're like, well, what time What time in the morning is it? I go, it's not. We didn't, we didn't make <laughs> it to midnight yet. You're thinking it's 5.30, and you're ready to go. Yeah, McDreamy's wife is going, um, did you feel like electricity, like you were like jittery? I'm like, yeah. I always feel like the restless leg. I, like, I was so jittery. I had all this energy, like I was on caffeine, and she's like, um, yeah, they had, there's niacin in it. I guess I have not a reaction, but, um, just something with the niacin in it. I can't have niacin. <laughs> and so you. we, I, I don't take that anymore. Meth will do that to you. Honey. Yeah. That's maybe that's what's in it. I tried to tell you, <laughs> quit the meth. <laughs> but anyways, we are working on some things. I I'm going to start taking some supplements to figure out we gotta we gotta heal the gut first and then we're gonna go forward I just love how her explanations to you were so wonderful she 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 talked about your your body parts your organs like they're individuals you're like well you know your liver isn't happy and you know what happens when you have an unhappy liver and she's talking away and then all of a sudden she's like oh you know your gallbladder was very upset and they removed it and you're like and i'm sitting in the other room listening to this and like all of her explanations are they're very personal and i like it they're polite organs you know, you, well, your They're appendix. They're delicate. Yeah, you can't have conversation. Your 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 appendix, your liver, your spleen isn't giving off an emotion. Well, the well, look at the test. The spleen was a little angry. Mm -hmm. Yes, angry. And uh, you know, inflamed. You're, you're inflamed <laughs> is angry. And your intestines. Well, your intestines. I'll tell you, they just aren't cooperating at all. That's what I'm going to say to you when I'm angry at you. I'm inflamed right now. <laughs> well, good because they got a pill for inflamed. They don't have a pill. <laughs> for anger. <laughs> I'm inflamed. So anyways, so we'll see. It's a cool journey. We also, what you didn't hear is at the very end, I said, I need to write a book. And she goes, what? I said, I need to write a book about life after cancer. 
There's nothing out there. When somebody goes through cancer, you know, the oncologist or the doctor treating you after is not telling you what life's going to be like after. Well, the mo- one, one of the stark realities I learned going through cancer with you was that they don't even come close to telling you what it's going to be like afterwards. In fact, they deliberately hide it from you. And I know why. I'm not against what they do. And this is what all oncologists do to some degree is they say, well, we're going to fight and you're going to try and we're going to do chemo or radiation or they got all this game plan. Right. And they say, now what we're hoping for is this and this and this, and we're trying to achieve that and extend life. You know what they never tell you? They never came out and say to any patient, they don't say, and if you survive, your life is going to be miserable. You are going to be in pain. Your life is going to be changed. Because number one, you would some people wouldn't try. Yeah. If you told them this is going to be a horrible experience after you're done, you're going to wish you were dead, some people would give up or they wouldn't have the mental edge to fight. Because in, in, in their brain, they'd be going, well, what the fuck is this for? I'm going to be miserable anyway. Who cares? Give up. But at the end of it, you know, when it was all over and you, you beat your leukemia, the, I remember the doctor and I love Dr. Wynn. I love this guy. Mm-hmm. I do. I really, lo- I, I appreciate him to no ends. Yes. But then he said, after it was over, he goes, okay, you're done. You beat it. Now here's what we're looking for. If you, if you're one year in remission, you know, you have a 50% chance of living. If it's two years, it goes to 75 by five years. You're like at 99%. And I'm like, that's good news. We just now the clock is ticking. Let's see how many years. Of course, now you're at ten years, so right. we're good. Yeah. But in that same conversation, you know what that dude told me? <laughs> he said, whatever she was going to have wrong with her body anyway, mm-hmm. it's just going to happen sooner. And I said, okay, doc, I'm dumb. Explain that to me. He goes, let's say she was going to get arthritis at seventy. Now she's going to get it at sixty. That's and I right. said, wait a second. Why? He goes, chemotherapy is a poison. He goes, it is a controlled cocktail that I mix myself. I choose. There isn't just a, you don't order a bag of chemo. He goes, there's doctors have any different combinations of to build a bag of chemotherapy by what they're, by your body style, by your blood age, type, your blood everything. type and the yeah. type of it's cancer. It's literally a cocktail. It is. Mix. And, uh, chemo bar. <laughs> chemo bar. <laughs> and so he says, uh, he says, I'll, but that's a poison nonetheless. And after it goes through her body, it's going to destroy things. And, and I go, you know, you didn't tell us this in the beginning. He goes, no, I didn't. No. But now he's saying, whatever you were going to get, you're just going to get it sooner. He goes, it's just that's the best way to describe it to you. And I am sure it's not true for every single person, but he's doing this um, every day, day in and day out. In fact, we have we have a cancer research center here that treats the bulk of patients, and he won't join them. Right. And his success rate is higher than theirs, his yes, percentage. That is true. So he comes along and says, you know, if a person was going to lose their eyesight at 80, you're going to lose it at 70. If you're going to get arthritis at 70, you're going to get it at 60. So every time you tell me something's going on with you, I think, okay, would this be a normal occurrence 10 years from now? A lot of it is. Yeah, but we don't know. Or, But it's, sometimes it feels like it's hitting me all at once. Yeah. And it just, it just, I think there needs to be something out there for people that are, that are going through cancer or have gone through it to say, we're just a part of this world of after cancer. And I think we just need to learn that it's, I don't want to say it's normal, but everybody goes through yeah, it. Yeah, this is you know? what happens. This is what happens. And there's nothing out there telling you that. Or the doctors, like you said, don't say that. Well, but do you really want someone reading that kind of a book before? I mean, if there was a book like that, uh, do you really want someone reading that before they tackle cancer? I, mean, I think so. I I'm, I don't know. What I have done, it's a choice of life. So I have, have to. You, it's a mental thing. Hear, the, hear me out. This is a mental thing where I had to come to. You know, I got to 45 and life was pretty good. Wasn't easy, but I got to 45 and I was good. Yeah. And then cancer hit and it was a two year battle. And now I have to come to the realization even 10 years later that I'm not the same person I was. That's the problem that I think you have been fighting for 10 years above all else is you keep trying to get back to where you were every day for 10 years. Like, okay, all right, something's wrong with my sleeping. Let's get my sleeping back to where it was. You know, I got this joint pain. Let's, let's solve this joint pain with medicine or therapy. Let's get back to where I was. 
every single thing I've seen you do in 10 years, you've always had the mindset, let me see a doctor, let me see a therapist, let me see someone, let's get it, let's get, let's get the medicine, let's get the mattress, let's get the ritual. Well, that's what I think let I want to tell people. Let me get back to normal where I was. I don't, I think you finally, just this last year, you've come to realize you're never going to. But I want people to realize not to stop fighting just because you fought cancer and you won it. You got to keep fighting and keep asking questions and keep going. For the last 10 years, I've seen doctors, like you said, I've seen physical therapists. I've seen, now I'm seeing a nutritionist. I'm, I'm going through all these avenues to right. find out. Maybe I'm not going to find the 100% cure. I'm going to have some well, sort of discomfort. But if I can find something to take the edge off to help me in a direction to make me feel a little bit better, then you know what? To me, that's a win. And that's what I think I would like to express to people is like, don't, well, don't the, give up. The thing that I noticed about even this conversation you're having right now, you're not giving up. You're still fighting right. just as hard. 10 years after cancer, you're still not giving up. You're still fighting. And you have you have all the reasons to fight. You have kids and grandbabies and chickens and pigs. You, I mean, you just you have all the things in, that you enjoy in life, and you're not ready to give up yet. No, but I just want people to know that I, even though with that positive disposition, people have asked me, how can you stay that way? There are days, and ask ask you, right? Yeah. They should ask you. There are days where I want to crawl into a fetal position and go, why am I here? Yeah, you, you. I have those moments, and they're not as infrequent as you think. This is this is this is a roller coaster ride of steep ups and steep downs. It's yes. not a gentle ride, and it's I, no. I get it. So, so I try to stay positive for everybody that's listening. I try. Well, you know what? You're tougher than me. There's no fucking way. If someone said right now, "Hey, uh, you have leukemia," I'd be like, "Fuck that." Because I'm not going to go through the two years of suffering just to end up like you and be frustrated with my life. I'd say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm checking out. I'm done. What about me? What about being with me? Honey, you're worth fighting for, but I'm perfectly content exiting at this moment in our life, at this moment in our marriage. I'm, I'm like, okay, I got the girl of my dreams. I had kids. I had a middle-class house. I had a job. I had a pool. We had a few dogs. I'm, I've done what I wanted to do. I'm not trying to climb Mount Everest. I know I'm never, my big, fat, natural white ass is never going to hoist myself to the center of the Amazon jungle, to the top of Mount Everest. I'm not going to be with Cameron down in a, in a, in a, in a submersible at the bottom of the Marianas <laughs> Trench. Not going to happen. You know, I got it. Those, those, those goals and those things are not on the table anymore. All of my life's achievements that I was hoping to get, which I didn't deserve any of them, I got them. With you and the kids, I got it. Yeah, but I just want to grow old so we're sitting on our porch in a rocking chair and just watching the days go by. Can't you just put me in an urn and yell at me? No. <laughs> I want to yell at you in person. I want to be inflamed. Well, you can be <laughs> you're going to be inflamed. Yeah. I I uh you just got to scroll around through life until you find what you're looking for. You can be inflamed. You're gonna be inflamed. Oh my gosh! We have questions from fans. Is that what you want to go over? I don't know. No, no, I don't. I don't know. There's always questions from fans. There's always something. So I, I don't know. We could, I guess, but. So um, I told you about Hawaii and Maui going. Did you? Oh yeah. Well, I, it's been a terrible tragedy in Hawaii. It was horrible. The pictures were yeah. incredible. And and the the only tie-in was is that our son is supposed to go there in two weeks. Yes, for a company he he like earned it or something. The company that he works for has property on Maui, and they were both looking forward to it because that was kind of their honeymoon. They and, were, and it wasn't just them. There's other people going to this. I thing. think so. I believe so. But the whole thing they were looking forward to is they weren't taking the grandson. It was right. just the two of them right. going away for a week. And now the exact spot they were going yes. to is gone. Yes, and that they didn't a, know it till I texted them because I was like, did you see the fire in Maui? Yeah, and they're like, yeah, 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 we saw it. But like, no, no, you said this was the town you were going to. And he's like, oh, yeah, I was going to La Jolla. La Jolla. <laughs> Not La Jolla. La Jolla. Yeah, he goes, that's where we're going. And you told him the whole town's gone. 
Yes. You know, and then here's the most amazing part. You know, this this is a privately owned company by one guy. This one guy that owns this company. And he he tells them, he's like, yeah, don't worry about it. I got other properties on other islands. We'll just go to one of those. Yeah, I was shocked when he told me that. Because I said, I asked, I texted our daughter-in-law and said, are you guys still going? And she's like, well, the company told us to just sit tight for a little bit. But there are other properties on other islands that we can go to. And I went, well, oh, shit. <laughs> Oh, okay, well, we'll, well. Just, we'll just go to Oahu then. I didn't want to stay at my house, my mansion in Oahu, but you know, whatever. If we have to, we have to. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> wow, okay. Um, uh, the other thing is, I spent a few days in Las Vegas this last week with the grandson and the kids. Oh, that yeah, was, you did. Yeah. I did. I went because he was starting school this week. So I went to hang out with him so we could have some fun. And um, one of the funny things that happened was in the airport, our, our plane was delayed from Vegas. I have to fly from Vegas to San Francisco, San Francisco to Bakersfield. Right. And so on our way from Vegas to San Francisco, we're all waiting. And it's now a 40 minute delay. Wherever our plane was coming from is now delayed. And right. I'm like, oh, my God goodness so that just makes me coming home later and it's already nighttime but the funny part about it is the the agent was at the counter and making these announcements and all of a sudden everybody's looking at their phones and big, reading and big crowded terminal oh with it's everyone. packed they, she said the plane was completely packed i mean so everybody's there it's yeah. already delayed so everybody was on time right right so we're all sitting there and we're trying to pass the time away and all of a sudden you hear john connor john connor report to the ticket desk john connor and all of a sudden you see everybody's faces like look everybody up. everybody over the age of 40 raises their head like whoa what terminators <laughs> here yeah it was pretty funny and then the other thing that was very cool is from the airport you can see that new orb or dome yeah that's thing. like a big dome in the city yeah, yeah so it's where a, my terminal was but at, it's all a tv screen the whole dome is an L an LCD screen the whole the whole building the whole outside of this yeah, round building? Yeah, it's amazing. I wish they would have put it. I get it that they put it on the strip. I'm sure as you're walking toward it, it's pretty amazing. But I was kind of far away, and it was amazing. But they had it. One of them was the world. It turned into an Earth. Wow. And I was like, from the airport, it was pretty impressive. I saw pictures of that big thing looking like an eyeball. I saw that too. That had to be creepy. I saw it when I was taking off. The eyeballs like watching. It was it was pretty crazy. So I I was like, um, that was kind of cool. So yeah. it was a fun. We went to this museum, this children's museum there. I highly recommend it. It's Discovery One Museum. One of those interactive museums. Yes, hands-on. I'd say... Uh, 10 or under, anything over that, they'd be bored. So what happened to the Hot Wheels I sent? Because I couldn't go. So I bought some Hot Wheel tracks and some cars. Yeah, And I we sent them that. to be over there when you were there so you could play with them and say, hey, look what look what. Well, Pop I held on you. to them going, well, I wasn't sure at first what. I thought this was a Christmas present. Then you told me, no, you should take it with you. Then I looked at the box and went, oh, shit, I'd have to put it's this on big. as carry-on. Yeah. So I tried to overnight it. To guarantee overnight through UPS was $125. Oh, bullshit. No. So then I said, well, let's do it the fastest way possible. So I paid $25 and it still took four days to get there. And you were already gone by and then. I was gone. The good thing was that his dad, our son, actually hooked it up. And so there was some video we got. They showed it. And it was, I just think it would have been better if you'd have been there. Because a kid his age, Hot Wheels, man. I know. Well, I don't it, want him to make that lifelong mistake where all of a sudden he's out in the world and he's got Matchbox. No, no. You give him Hot Wheels. Not Matchbox, Hot Wheels. That's a good poll to do. Hot Wheels or Matchbox. In Hot Wheels would win. I mean, when I was, now I don't know for sure, but when I was growing up, if you got Matchbox, that was like the ghetto Hot Wheel because you couldn't afford a Hot Wheel. If a Hot Wheel was $1.49, uh, the the Matchbox cars were like 99 cents. I just remember taking our boys. They'd go with me grocery shopping. Remember, I'd take one or two with me. Yeah. And um, one that, remember when they used to be at the checkout counter? Yeah. You could pick one. I yep. always let the boys. They'd always come home. Remember how many times? I think <laughs> I have a big, huge suitcase full of Matchbox Hot Wheels. Speaking of grocery stores and toys. Even as a kid, you, you got tired of hanging out with your parents in the grocery store, so you'd go to the toy aisle and sit there. Yeah. And it was only like four feet wide, and it had the, the stupidest toys imaginable. All of a sudden, I was so desperate to be away from my parents in a grocery store, I'm looking at one of those stupid little wooden paddles with a ball on a string. What's pum, wrong pum, with pum. those? I'm thinking that's the greatest toy I've ever seen. 
that's how that's how desperate I was, you know, to look at that stuff or what slinkies that were made out of plastic. Oh yeah, I remember. What you have a slinky that was made out of plastic? It would never work. But man, you were so desperate for anything. Oh, you, jacks. I was gonna say jacks. Do you remember they went jacks? They went from metal to plastic jacks. Yeah, but remember being in the store and you're looking at that little red rubber ball that was all lopsided yeah. it would bounce away from you when you dropped it, and like five metal jacks. And you're so desperate to not be in this damn grocery store with your parents. You're looking at these things like they're the greatest thing you've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, but then they turned into mines. Deck, Remember deck when you put cars? them in the shag carpeting? Yes. The jacks? The jacks. Oh, Boy, man. my mom, we had that 1970s <laughs> thick. We had green, like avocado green carpeting. I had orange. And uh, the jacks room. would get sucked up in the vacuum. And my mom would call me by all three <laughs> names. She would scream at me from across the house. You knew you were in trouble. Oh, I knew I was dead. Oh, but they'd sink into that shag carpet and you'd walk on it or something. Oh, I was in so much trouble with that. Oh my gosh. So, hey, do you have any car stories? Everybody asks about car stories. I I did one last week. But they love them. And I did one the week before. It's a hot topic. Well, how many car stories do you think I've got? A ton. Um, Come on. All right. I told this one twice on live streams in the last two years, so probably nobody knows about it here. Uh, when I was work, I was. Uh, <clears throat> okay, this Rewind. is. Listen, this is what happens when you have a genius brain who has ten thoughts, <laughs> and it's trying to get out an average normal mouth. You know what? Take the tabs, reduce them. <laughs> you have way too many tabs open. Way too many windows open. All right. Living You're the cachet. <laughs> living in Las Vegas, and uh, Kia had just become a car when I was there. And it was kind of funny that the Kia was buying all of their engines, their transmissions from the same vendor that Mazda was. And I had been a Mazda tech for a long time. So uh, when Kia opened up, they poached me to go work at their dealership. And I looked at their wiring schematics. Everything was identical to Mazda in the early years. Um, well, I don't know where they bought their stuff from. They weren't they weren't partnered with Mazda, but they, they bought from the same place, it looked like. So it was a really easy thing to go do. And um, so I went to, I was working at, Kia, at the Kia dealership, brand new, I think it was on Sahara. And one time um, we get this car in, it was a little, and all Kias are small, and the service writer hands me the ticket and he says, the customer says every time they get in the car, it goes ding. Every time they get out of the car, it goes ding. And that's it. And I went, what? He goes, the service manager or service writer came over and told me, he says, here's your ticket. Here's the keys. There's a car. And so I, I take it back to my stall. I get in the car, get out, get in the car, get out. My buddies are all, we're having lunch. We're eating sandwiches and stuff. And the, my buddies, the other mechanics, they're getting in, getting out, getting in, getting out, nothing. So I have to turn the car back over and said, I can't duplicate the problem. So car comes back in about two weeks, the same exact problem. When I did the same thing again, I tried, I got in and out of the car a hundred times and it, it, you know, nothing, um, nothing changed. I couldn't figure out how to do it. So, uh, I find the third time it came back, the service writer said, uh, you got I said, look at, you gotta have to show me this. I can't make, have the customer duplicate the problem. So he says, okay. So the lady was there and we took it up to the service drive and he called me up there and he says, he says, Hey, this is customer so-and-so. And she's, this is the price. Yeah. I, I said, I'm sorry. I couldn't find your problem. And this lady, no lie, weighed 400 pounds. Okay. Every bit of 400 pounds. Mm-hmm. And she was a sweet woman. She's probably in her mid thirties. And I said, I said, ma'am, I'm having trouble to, you know, can you just show me? She goes, yeah. So she gets in the car. Bing. <laughs> I went, what? She opens the door, gets out of the driver's seat. Bing. And I was like, you got to do that again. And it was the same. It and it was, happened again? Like it, every single every time? Every time she got in or out of the car, it dinged. And it was the same ding. Like if you leave your headlights on, your headlights go Bing. So it wasn't Bing. a seatbelt. No, it wasn't a seatbelt one. Okay. And then the uh, the key in the ignition, if you leave your key in the ignition, yeah. you open the door. Ding, 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 ding. No. Ding. Oh. Ding. And it would just do it once, though. If you leave your lights on, it does a slow, repeating dinging. If you do your, um, 
if you do your uh, if you do your key in the ignition and you open the door, it does the same thing. It does a uh, it, it does a ding, but it, it just repeats it. The problem was this wasn't repeating it. The problem was this was doing it where it was uh, just doing it one time. She'd get and I had her do. I literally had her do this four times. I had her go into the car and out of the car with the service manager there. Other other service riders were there. Other customers were there. We're standing there. And every time she gets in the car, every time she gets out of the car, it dings one time. It didn't repeat. So I get in the car and it doesn't ding. And she watches me get in the car. I said, see, ma'am, it didn't do it for me. She goes, oh, I know, I know. And I guess her, her brother or something had been trying it too and he couldn't figure it out. Is it? It was a brand new car. So uh, she leaves and I go back there. Now I'm just, I'm befuddled by this <laughs> because what can make this noise? She did it. So I'm in and out of the car, in and out of the car. All the mechanics are in and out of the car. And one time I was struggling to get out of the car. And I don't remember, I was kind of like my leg cramped up or I caught something. And I grabbed the steering wheel and I, I leaned on it a little more than I was supposed to. And the car dinged at me. Bing. <laughs> and I went, what the fuck was that? So I sat back down in the car. Now uh, I How'd you do it? Yeah. To it's figure like, out what, what happened? Well, it had to do with the steering wheel. Now I knew it was the ding was not coming from the light switch over on the dash. Right. It wasn't like, like you said, a seat belt. No, 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 no. This was coming from the steering wheel. Now, the only thing in the steering wheel that would do that is if you leave your key in the ignition. Uh-huh. Well, all the key does is when you put your key all the way in, it joins two wires. Two two wires are apart from each other. The metal key goes all the way in, touches both wires, and, and, it, and it dings. Huh. It lets you know that you're good. If you pull the key out, wires aren't connected, you're okay. <clears throat> I grabbed the steering wheel at like 9 and 3 o'clock, and I bent the steering wheel. Oh, my gosh. I grabbed that thing. I put my feet up on the floorboard <laughs> and I bent the steering and it as hard as I could breaking a sweat and it dinged. Bing. Oh no. And I did it at six o'clock and, and twelve o'clock on the steering. Ding. Now I have to reef on this goddamn <laughs> steering wheel so hard, but I but I knew what it was now. Uh-huh. So I went and got the service advisor, brought him back there, and I said, uh, the problem is is she's really overweight. She's fat. And he goes, What? I said, she is using the leverage of her of the steering wheel to get in and out of the car. And she's leaning on it so hard that it's bending the steering wheel. And in the column, it's hitting the it's wires. Those two, those two wires oh, are touching. Oh, my goodness. And he goes, that can't be true. And I said, watch. And I got in and I bent the steering wheel. Bing. I bent it again. Bing. I go, that's what she's doing when she's getting in and out of the car. Oh, no. And he goes, wow, I can't believe you found that service manager comes out he's like because he's been tracking this problem that no one can figure this out for uh -huh. for a couple months now and i said yeah i got it and then so i showed him and ding that and now the other mechanics are standing around going wow that's a pretty good find man and you know we figured it out everybody's happy and then i looked at the service advisor and i go you go tell her oh shit because <laughs> how do you tell the I lady know. hey that's we sad. found your problem so she comes to pick up the car it's out in the service drive and I can kind of see the service drive from my stall because I'm up front and I'm looking and the service manager scratching his head and rubbing the back of his neck and he's talking to her and she's got her purse in her hands and she's kind of looking like she doesn't quite get it. So I walk up and he hasn't quite told her. Oh, <laughs> he's, he's working his way up to it. And I finally just interrupt and I said, ma'am, um, it's a defect with the car. And she goes, what do you mean? I said, well, it's not something we can really fix. It's a design flaw. I said, if you... Uh, if you have your key in the ignition, it, it dings at you. She goes, but I don't leave my keys in. I said, I know you don't. I said, but watch. And I had to bend the steering wheel in front of her and and try to look like I wasn't straining to do it. Oh, no. I go, listen, even the most gentle um, pressure on the wheel can cause this. So I'm holding my breath and trying not to break a sweat. And I bent the wheel and it dinged. Bing. And she goes, oh, my word, that's the noise. I said, right. I said, so as you're getting in and out of the car, I said, uh, it's, it's because you're leaning on the steering wheel. And she goes, well, I don't understand. I go, it's a design flaw. It's, I said, ma'am, it's actually happening to other people too. No one's Smart. figured out what it was. So it, there's really no way to redesign it. You can't fix it now. It's not a safety issue. 
But in the next couple of years, they'll they'll have a different type of wheel that isn't so flimsy. And I'm really sorry about this, but you're just going to have to deal with it. And she goes, well, I just thought something was broken. And I go, well, it's just, you know, Kia's only building cars for a couple of years now. They're still getting new at it. And it's, you know, it's just, it's nothing. But I'm glad we found it. I'm glad you brought this to our attention because now we can tell other dealerships all over the country, quit looking for this problem. We know what it is. We can pass it around. That was she, very sweet. Well, I'm a sweet guy. Just ask me. I'll oh, tell I you. I walked into that one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was a that was a tense moment. And by the time I got done explaining it, there were 40 people standing around <laughs> waiting to see if I was going to step on my dick. And all I was doing was saving the service rider because I knew he was going to fumble this, and I didn't want this lady to feel bad. Yeah, so, that was sweet. But Ugh. that took forever to find. I bet that was oh, a tough one. That was a good. I like that story. I've heard that story. Yeah, it's a good one. There was a, another quick one was we do uh, pre-delivery inspections, PDIs, when you get a brand new car in a dealership. You know, they don't just wheel them out to the front lot. You have to adjust tire pressure, make sure all the fluids are up, run the codes, clear the, clear the computers. You have to do a pre-delivery inspection. Then you can put it out on the, on the sales lot. So, I didn't even know that. Yeah, we get those in. They, they come wrapped in cosmoline or tape or something, plastic, so white plastic, and that just protects them during travel. But it's our job to make sure everything mechanically is good. Then you send it to the detail shop. They make sure there's no nicks in the paint, uh-huh. or they send it to paint and body, and then they detail it and put it out there. Well, we had a couple of, this is back in the 90s when they had, trucks had two b- bumpers on them, and they would come as a, like a chrome or a black bumper, and they had little little plastic caps on the tubes on the end. And that's just what they were. And they've been doing that since the mid '80s. And um, we were one of the one of the trucks was up in the air about five feet, and I was walking by it, and I heard something like a like a scuffle, like the bed of the truck had something rolling around in it. Hmm. And I so I said, "Hey, man!" Because Rudy was on it. I go, Rudy, what's in the bed of your truck? He goes, "What do you mean?" I go, "You suddenly got a mouse running around in the bed of your truck." He goes, what? So we lower the truck down a little ways. We open up the tailgate, nothing in the bed. All right. So we start to walk away and we both hear it. Mm. Like, what the hell was that? So we raise it back up till the bumper's about eye level. And we're trying to tell everyone in the shop to be quiet. <laughs> Shh, we're listening for something. Turn off your fucking air gun, man. Stop. And finally, the shop's getting pretty quiet. Radios, they turn the radios down and we're sitting. Nothing for a long time. We're like, whatever. And everyone's mad at us. Like, we're trying to work yeah. here, man. We need to get the tools going again. And I'm like, you shut the fuck up or I'll come over there and break your arm, you know? And Because <laughs> it wasn't, we heard it. Uh-huh. And you were trying to wait for it to We do started it. to walk away, did it again. And this time we knew where it was. This car had just come from Japan on the boat and then got put on the truck and driven to us, our dealership. And we opened up the the bumper cap and looked down this tube bumper and there was a bright green snake in it. <gasps> and he, so we put the cap back on. Are you quick. kidding? Yeah, put the cap back on. I'm like, all right, what do we do with this? Because this is like in 1991 or something. I'm thinking there's no way we can... Isn't that going to fuck with that snake? Because I thought it's, I, you know, they're like, well, it's just a garter snake. I go, this thing's been in here from Japan, dude. You have no fucking idea what this is. Don't tell me it's a garter snake. It's going to be pissed. Well, yeah. <laughs> and it's probably hungry. Yeah. And, 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 you know, these other dumb mechanics in the middle of the desert are going, oh, it's just a snake. I grabbed that thing. I'm like, you fucking grabbed that thing. I'm not touching that. <laughs> so they called uh, animal control. And the guy came out and, you know, the animal control in the desert, they've got people that just pick up rattlesnakes all the time with those big old tongs. Yeah. So I said, it's right in there. And I said, it was all the way at the other end. I don't know where it is now. It keeps hitting its head against yeah. the thing. <laughs> it kept slithering in the, in the, in the, in the tube. Ugh. So the, the guy pops open the cap and, um, and he shines his flashlight down there and it was coming at him like it wanted out. So he's, wouldn't you? Yeah, so he didn't even use his tongs. He just put up the this burlap sack over the bumper end, and the fucking snake just tooled right out of there because it had been there for months now or something, or at oh, least weeks. And it went off, and it jumped in the bag. Anyway, it was like six months later, we found out that it was a highly poisonous snake, they said, from Japan. Oh, shit. And it had crawled in there during production, I guess, when they left it outside. And one of their final productions, they probably go around and they put the bumper caps in, they put the hub caps on, they screw on the antenna. That's probably the one of the last things they do. And these cars have been sitting out in this parking lot for a, a few days, and this snake crawled in the fucking bumper Whoa. somehow. Or it was in the bumper when they put it on, and nobody knew. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a dealership experience there in a PDI. 
Wow. Pre-delivery inspection. Yeah, it's an inspection. Thank God you did the inspection. Well, it wasn't like it was Rudy's car. I just heard it when I walked by. Otherwise, there the owner would have probably bought it and there would have been a dead snake in his bumper Ew, at some point. But that's gross. How many times do you ever pull off a bumper cap? You never do. You just leave it. You'd never even think to do it. You're right. You're so. right. You're right. Anyway, so I gotta tell you, this was the dumbest podcast we've ever done. This has got to be the most uninteresting thing at all. We're uninteresting people. Well, we we're supposed to be, you know what they say, like, no, you guys gotta, you guys gotta be funny and switch topics and talk about things. And you and I, that whole, that literally that whole conversation about your cancer was just you and I talking. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I kind of forget we're recording. This I know. We're just having listening. a conversation. Oh God. But that's what makes it. It's just us just I talking. Know. Well, sorry. It wasn't lively and entertaining. I'll tell you what, next, next week, people, um, we'll do the entire podcast naked. That'll I was going to say, I'll run around naked this next week and we'll have lots of stories going on, right? <laughs> <laughs> Is that how it should go? That's how it should go. So you heard it. She said she'd run around naked no, for a I week said no. and we'd have a lot of stories. That's so not what I said. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to hold her to her word. <laughs> no, that's not what I said. What'd you say? That I'm going to run around naked. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, Two Bear's like, you guys need any help up there? <laughs> oh, no, out. you're not staff anymore, Two Bear. Oh, that's right. No, that's a uh, uh, naked wife is for staff only. Sorry, Two Bear, you, you missed it by a month. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, so we're going to be up north uh, around the 20th or something, 23rd? 20th through the 23rd. If any of you live up north, north of San Francisco, and you want to hang out, email genxmom at genxtalks.com, genxmom at genxtalks.com. Find out where we're going to be. It's one night, I think, we're going to go out. We're going out just to have pizza and beers and hang out, but we're doing it in a place where uh, if anybody wants to stop by, they can. And then uh, Saturday, August 26th, we'll be in Long Beach. So if you want to come see us, I think it's at the Long Beach Convention Center. It is. But uh, just come check it out. We'll be there all day. And um, that's 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 all I got for now, I think. Yeah, well, that's that's enough. That's Don't add any more things. <laughs> yeah, don't add any more things, please. Hey, we're supposed to be at the Tahone Car Show in September. Well, don't announce that till... Till we're locked in. Yes. Yeah, it's not inked yet. It's on the schedule. It's temporary. Yeah. So I don't know. It went by really fast. How long do you think we've been on here? Um, 56 minutes. 59. God, I'm good. You're really good at that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I know. My body's telling me it's time to get up. It's time to get up. Your back is going, we've been in this chair for 56 minutes. <laughs> That's right. It's time to move. <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening and tuning in. I'm sorry that we kind of let you guys down. It wasn't the most interesting thing to talk about. Um, but uh, tell you what, you know, there's a new comment section now. If you're listening on Spotify, there's uh, comments are available. So you guys can leave a comment if you think it was good. Let us know if you think it was boring. Let us know that too. We're doing the best we can. We're fumbling our way through life just like the rest of you. Um, We're surprised people even listen to us. I don't know. <laughs> you know, see, this is what I'm saying. There's people that listen to us and you always tell me to shut up, quit talking. No one's listening to you. It's not true. <laughs> there's people I listening know. all the time. I think you're wrong. <laughs> I don't know why I'm even here. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what people have asked about? Oh, what? I'll, I'll tell you something. And this is, uh, we've been so doing So we're this, not leaving. No, almost. Okay. But in the bottom of the Glass Nation shows, we do Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays live on yeah. YouTube. It's been almost three years now. And you got to remember my biological dad, Wild Bill, he had a thousand biker stories and gold stories. And I listened to them all. They were all bullshit. They were all made up or partially made up, except for three. Growing up, I realized there was three stories that were true and of hidden gold. Uh, hundreds and hundreds that weren't. I have told two of them on the bottom of the glass live show. Because you were drunk. I was completely hammered. Yes, and that's when the truth comes I, out. I would not have told those stories. I know. I would have kept those under lock and key. Yes, I know. I was thinking about on the podcast, maybe taking a podcast and telling one of those stories. I think that would be awesome. The third story that I have never been drunk enough to tell, no one has heard. So how much whiskey is it going to take? You'd have to, to, to tell that story? The Los Padres mine story? Yeah. Um, you'd have to get me a bottle of... A handle? I don't think they'll make a handle in Sinatra. Oh. They got, I think those are in... Wow, one, you're one. going for the expensive stuff. What broke, remember? 
<laughs> we, we be broke. We be broke. We, we be David broke. David ain't got there no money. There is no Sinatra whiskey in this house. <laughs> you can have the bottle, but you ain't having the whiskey. I've got a, an empty one you can hold. <laughs> Will it, that work? Does it still smell like whiskey on the inside? That a hell? Maybe it's got fumes. <laughs> Um, but I was thinking on on telling one of the the other stories, not that story. But oh, okay. One of the lesser gold, true gold stories. So that's a Jack Daniels one. Yeah, that's a Jack Daniels. Not story. a Sinatra. Although the some of the other stuff. What was that one I just got done drinking? I don't know. The the oh man, it's that other bottle. Not that bottle. It was the other one that was in here right before. I have no idea. That was a great bottle of hooch. Yeah, that was good. Good job. Good good, good job filling that one in. Yeah, way to go. <laughs> well, I can't remember what it was. Everybody's right here. Everybody's sitting there going. Stand by. It's right here. She's just being such. A Everybody's problem. going. Yeah, great. You just talked Hold about on. this really great whiskey. All right. Excuse me. I have it in my hand. Woodenville. Oh, you have it in your hand. It. I have it in my hand now. Found early it. in the morning. <laughs> what is it? Your mouthwash. <laughs> well, you wake up. Don't talk until you've had your first cup of coffee. Don't talk to me until I've had my first shot of whiskey. Is it? Is it mouthwash mostly alcohol? Anyways. See, that's what so I'm trying to tell I, you. And only I don't waste it. I drink it. So when I'm done rinsing my mouth, I finish. There's it. no swish and and spit. You're gonna it's get swish and swallow. You're gonna get. You're, <laughs> You're gonna, <laughs> you know what? You're That's gonna get, funny. you're gonna get sexual on everybody. I'm not. You went there. I, did I not. didn't. I was, I was avoiding saying the word spit or swallow. <laughs> I avoided it. You said it. Anyway, uh, but you went go. there. Well, you were saying you it. Got her brain. Wow. That's what you're gonna keep. Got her slut. Wow. <laughs> you want another one? No. I want you to shut up. Jesus, H tap dancing. Well, Christ. whoever held out to the end of the podcast. Yeah, whoever gotta... whoever stuck it out to the end got the reward. I'll tell you. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm leaving. All right, tell Can everyone. You just cue the music. Just and do tell the it, thing. The music's been playing now. Tell everyone oh. goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Till next week. Oh, thank you guys for tuning in. If you had to waste an hour of your time with Gen X Talks, what better place to waste it than here with us? Thank you guys for tuning in. Remember, Gen X Talks would be nothing without you. The podcast only works because you guys listen. So wherever you are around the world, thank you for tuning in. AM, FM, Sirius XM, or perhaps even on the Armed Service Radio Network. Wherever you go, there you are. One thing's for sure. I'll catch you guys on the flip side. <laughs>